Welcome to Impact Church's podcast with Pastor Travis Hearn. Pastor Travis also serves as the team pastor for the NBA's Phoenix Suns and has served Major League Baseball as the team chaplain for over a decade. Today, he leads us with a powerful and hope-filled message. We're so glad you're tuning in, and we believe that wherever you're listening from, that God will impact your life through today's message. I want to read from Acts chapter 9. Verses 18 through 20, actually Acts chapter 19, Acts chapter 19, verses 18 through 20. It says this in verse 18, many who came, who became believers, they confessed their sinful practices. A number of them who had been practicing sorcery brought their incantation books and they burned them at a public bonfire. The value of the books was several million dollars. Verse 20, so the message about the Lord spread widely and had a powerful effect. I'm not going to preach a sermon today. I'm going to preach a battle cry that I have titled, burn it down. I'm going to preach a battle cry. Look at somebody and tell them, burn it down, burn it down, burn it down. Tell somebody else, burn it down. When I, um. when I, Monty, when I gave my life to Jesus, I did this uh, burn it down thing. Like, literally. I was 17 years old, and I gave my life to Christ, and, and, uh, and <laughs> I, burned, I burned some stuff that I had that I thought did not honor God. Literally, I went out into the Arizona desert, and, and I brought probably 100 cassette tapes. Anybody remember those cassette tapes? Some of you old enough to remember records and, and, and some of you old enough to remember eight tracks. And there's a few of you, you're old enough to remember David singing with his harp. But I had about a hundred cassette tapes and I said, I'm burning these. They don't, they don't, <laughs> they don't give God glory. And, uh, and, and I brought a poster that I had on my wall of, of these two girls in bikinis. I said, I'm burning them hot mamas down. I, I said, funny thing is my mom tried to get me to get rid of that thing. One day I walked into my bedroom and, and there was uh, anointing oil all over these, the, this poster with, the, with these girls with bikinis. And so I brought, I brought a can. I, brought, I think I brought several cans of chewing tobacco. I'm going to burn it down <laughs> does not give honor to God. I brought beer. I brought <laughs> I brought zigzags. Uh, you know, y'all money, beer, and a pack of zigzags. Y'all don't even know what that song is. If you don't know, you probably don't need to know, but but I, I put all this in this, this bonfire and just lit it on fire. And I just watched it burn. I, I just watched it go up in, in flames. And I remember I had some friends asking me, hey, Trav, so we get the whole living for Jesus thing and getting rid of stuff that you don't think, you know, gives God glory. But like, why you got to burn it down and maybe just give it away? <laughs> like you could have given me the, all those cassette tapes and. And the answer is because when you, when you burn something 
down, there's no going back to it. The answer is when you burn something down, you've gone past the point of no return. When you burn something down, there's no finding it again. Instead of giving it to you, when I burn something down, it loses its ability to influence someone else. And so I burned it down. There's a military war strategy and it's called burn down the bridge. Burn down that bridge. And when they crossed the bridge, they would burn it down, leaving, leaving no other option but to fight, but to march on, but, but, but to go forward. It's, it's either conquer or be conquered. There's another war strategy and it is burn down the boats. And militaries, they would, they, they would get to their destination and they would arrive in enemy's territory and the commander would order his men to burn down the boats. Because when you burn down the boats, there's, there's no going back. We've, we've passed the point of no return. There's no going back. And my, my question for you this morning is what do you need to burn down in your life? What do you need to burn down in your life? Father, we thank you for your word today. God, we pray that you would light us on fire. God, we love you. In Jesus' name, we all say amen. 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 Let's give our worship team a round of applause another time. I love the study of fire in the Bible. I don't know if you've ever studied fire or certain words in the Bible. One of my favorite ways to study the Bible is just pick a word. Study the word love or study the word sacrifice. Look up all the things, not just verses, but concepts about sacrifice or love or, or, or surrender, right? And so one of the studies I, I like is fire. I, I like fire because fire oftentimes... It is a symbol of God's presence. I, I like this one verse as a preacher. This is like one of my favorite verses about fire as a preacher. In Jeremiah 29, uh, it, it says this. If I say I will not mention his word or speak anymore in his name, his word is like a fire, a fire shut up in my bones. I'm weary of holding it in. Indeed, I cannot. That's a great preacher voice. It, it verse. Any of you preachers out there, that's a great verse for you. But fire, often it represents the presence of God. It represents the refining of God. It represents the purifying process of God. Hebrews tells us that our God is a consuming fire, right? It says in Isaiah that you will be refined in a furnace of affliction. Uh, God, he led the Israelites through the wilderness in fire by night. God spoke to Moses through a burning bush. God was with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. Uh, maybe you've studied this, but Elijah challenged the 450 prophets of Baal to burn this altar with fire by heaven. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 11, John the Baptist, look what he says. John the Baptist, he says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he was coming after me is mightier than I. Those whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. I love the study of fire. There's this king, 
you know, you look at the Bible in the Old Testament, there's a, a, a section of prophets, major prophets, minor prophets. There's a section of judges. There's a section of kings. My favorite king, my favorite king in the Old Testament is this king named Josiah. <laughs> my son's name is Josiah. I love this this, this story about Josiah, he's my favorite king, but it says this in 2 Kings chapter 22, verses 1 and 2. It says, Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 31 years. Listen, listen, listen. Read this next part with me. He did what was right in the eyes of the Lord, not turning aside to the right or to the left. This is why we named our son Josiah. Josiah is 19. I, I call him King. I have, uh, I have tattoos of all my kids right here. I got Jaslyn's name. I got King. And that's Josiah with his basketball number and a crown. Kylie and her basketball number. Number three, she's a college basketball player. Jaslyn, I said, she's 13. I said, I ain't putting you a number until that's for sure your number. <laughs> she's still trying to figure it out, you know. 13. I don't know if that's my lifelong number or not, but I I call him King. He's my King. Jojo, he is my King. I I love it. It says he did, the King did what was right in whose eyes? In the eyes of the Lord, not turning aside to the right or to the left. I'm hoping, I'm praying, I'm believing that this is prophetic for my own King Josiah right? Don't turn to the left or the right, Lord. Keep, 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 keep your eyes on Jesus, Jojo. I want my son to do what's right, not in my sight, in God's sight. I want my daughters to do what's right, not in my sight, but in God's sight. Don't act like you don't know. It's easy to look like you're doing what's right. It's easy to do what's right in man's sight. But in God's sight, see, we, we can all put on a front. We can all put on a show. Everybody talks about false prophets, false prophets, false prophets, false prophets. There's this big thing going around the world like he's a false prophet, she's a false prophet. And it's all coming from people who are BS believers. What about BS believers? Do you know what I'm talking about? I might be talking about you. What I'm talking about is bull. Believers. They look like they're the part, but they're, they're not the part. They're not the real. It's easy to put on a front. It's easy to look like it. But this is what I love about this scripture is that he did what was right in God's sight. In God's sight. We can all fake it like the Pharisees. Remember, Jesus was The Pharisees were religious leaders. They were religious. They were preachers. The Pharisees were religious leaders. And Jesus says to the Pharisees in Matthew 15, 8, he said, these people, these people, hey, everybody, these Pharisees, these people, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Look at somebody and tell them, don't be that person. <laughs> don't worry about your lips. Worry about your life. Don't worry about, don't, you don't need lip filler. <laughs> you need some heart filler. You, you. <laughs> some of y'all have no idea, but it's okay. You're not from Scottsdale. We get it. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are 
far from you. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be that guy. And I don't know about you, but it's easy to be that guy. It's easy to be that guy. God, I'm honoring you with my lips, but my life doesn't honor you. I honor you with what I say, but not how I walk. It's easy to be that person. Josiah did what was right, what was right in the sight of the Lord. No turning to the left, no turning to the right. Do you know what the name Josiah in Hebrew means? It means, are y'all ready for this? The name Josiah means the fire of the Lord. The Lord burns. See, listen, this is telling of the life of King Josiah. This is telling. I, I want to read to you some more in 2 Kings, the next chapter over in chapter 23. Look what it says. The king, Josiah, stood by the pillar and renewed the covenant in the presence of the Lord to follow the Lord and keep his commands. Statues and decrees with all of his heart and soul, thus confirming the words of the covenant written in this book. Then all the people pledged themselves to the covenant. Verse four, then the king ordered Hilkiah, the high priest, the priest next in rank and the doorkeepers to remove from the temple of the Lord. Listen, all the articles made for Baal and Asherah and all the starry hosts. He, what does it say? He burned them outside Jerusalem in the fields of Kidron Valley. And he took the ashes to Bethel. Verse 25, we're skipping down. There was no king to compare with Josiah. Neither before or after a king who turned in total and repentant obedience to God. Heart, mind, strength, following the instructions revealed and written by Moses, the world would never again see a king like Josiah. As we look at this text, I want to draw out three words. I want you to write these down. I want you to remember these three words out of this text about King Josiah. And this is really going to be our outline today is these three words. And the words are repent, remove, and renew. Repent, remove, and renew. Say it out loud. Repent, remove, and renew. Again, uh, repent, remove, and renew. So let's look at the first one. Repent. Repent. Look at the verse again. In verse 25, it says, There was no king compared with Josiah, neither before or after. Listen, a king who turned in total repentance. In total repentance and repentant obedience to God. Right? Repentance. There was no king before like him. There was no king after like him. Why? Because he turned in total repentant obedience. He turns in repentant obedience. So Impact Church, guess what I'm going to talk about for the next few minutes? <laughs> I, I'm going to talk about repentance. You know why? Because the world doesn't want to talk about repentance. The world wants to talk about tolerance. But I want to talk about repentance for a minute. Because repentance is what brings you into the heart and the presence of God. The world doesn't want to talk about repentance and we live in a world where corruption is far stronger than conviction. We, 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 we live in this world where repentance is not a fun topic, man. I don't want, I don't want to talk about repentance because instead of repenting of our sins, we like to rationalize our sins. Instead of preaching repentance, we preach tolerance. Instead of 
confessing our sins, we cover up our sins. Don't act like you don't. Don't act. You, you, you immediately think of somebody else. Think of yourself. And so I want to talk about repentance. Ooh, we got quiet. It's quiet in here. It's quieter in here. I remember it a long time. Is it because I'm not preaching? God's going to get you through it. Is that why? I, 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 want, you to, I want you to hear the heart of, of, of what I'm saying. The, the message isn't fun. Not this part anyway. The message isn't fun. You're thinking, crap, man, I came on the wrong Sunday. Preacher talking about sin and repentance. You walked in here today wanting to be uplifted and encouraged. Well, listen, you actually did come on the right Sunday. You know why? Because if you'll repent and get right with God, it will be the most encouraging and uplifting thing that has ever happened in your life. Step out of the darkness and into the light. Step out of the darkness and into the light. Step out of darkness and into the light. And repent, repent, repent. Look at somebody and tell him he's definitely talking to you today. Proverbs 28 and 13, it says, he who covers his sins will not what prosper some of you with me he who covers his sins will not prosper okay but but what about this but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy now now this is huge because he tells us what repentance really is total repentance total repentance total repentance he gives us two two keys confessing that's what we usually think of. Like I say it. Yeah, I did it. That's part of it. The other part he says is forsaking total repentance is telling, but it's also turning, right? Like when I was a little kid, I used to say my bedtime prayers will be like, God, forgive me of what I did today. And then I do it again tomorrow. That's not repentance. That's not repent. Repentance, total obedience, total repentant, obedient is confessing and forsaking. Let, let's look back at Acts chapter 19, verse 18. Look at it again with me. Many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. A member of them who had been practicing sorcery brought in their incantation books and they burned them at a public bonfire. The value of the books was about a seven, uh, several million dollars. So the message about the Lord spread widely and had a powerful effect. They, they what? They confessed. Verse 18. They became believers. They confessed their sinful practices and they burned it down. I leave it behind. No more going back to it. I passed the point of no return. That's what total repentance is. And you know what the best thing, the greatest thing about total repentance is? It's 1 John 1, 9. This is the greatest thing about repentance. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us. Come on, somebody, that's good news. From all unrighteousness. As long as I have been a Christian 
and I got saved in 1993, as long as I have been a Christian, I have heard people talk about revival, revival. We're praying for revival. We want a revival. God spark a revival. We need a revival in our nation. We need a revival in our land. We need a revival. I hear it all the time. We've heard about these little, the Asbury revival. There's this revival breaking out on the beach. Revival, revival. We want a revival. Listen, revival starts. You know what sparks a revival? I've been preaching on it. Repentance. Revival is not breaking out a guitar and singing Kumbaya. Revival starts with you repenting of your wicked ways. That's what starts a revival. Total repentance. Many who became believers confessed their sinful practices. And listen what it says. So the message about the Lord spread widely and had a powerful effect. I love the book of Acts. The book of, the book of Acts is a book of revival. That's what that book is all about. So we're reading in Acts 19, but the whole book is a book of the greatest revival in history. It is a book where the birth of the first Christian church came to be. It's where the word Christian was first used. Thousands became believers. Thousands upon thousands. It's where Paul was converted from not only a non-believer and persecutor to the greatest preacher who's ever walked the planet. It's where the gospel of Jesus spread from outside of Jerusalem to around the world. It's where the 120 disciples are in the upper room and they're in the power and the presence of God and they're baptized in the fire of the Lord. It's where the gifts of the spirit become very prominent and people are speaking in tongues and people are having prophecies and people are having words of wisdom and words of knowledge and faith and healing. The demon possessed are set free. It's a book of revival. I started asking myself, why are we not seeing that kind of revival today? Because we're not repenting. Because we want the revival. And we want that relationship. But we want to live how we want to live. It starts with repentance. In fact, the first sermon preached in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2. Look at it with me. It's Peter. Peter replies, repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The first sermon ever preached in the book of Acts. Repent and be baptized. Acts 2.41. Look at this verse. Those who accepted the message were baptized. About 3,000, 3,000 were added to their number that day. Listen, we, we have, I would say, maybe the most powerful service that we will have ever have had in the history of Impact Church on Good Friday. It, it's, it's going to be crazy. I don't even know how to... It's going to be crazy. Good Friday services are going to be crazy. Like no other Good Friday we've ever had. Okay? And I'm believing God for his presence to be so heavy upon us that night. We have water baptisms that night. 
You know, we already have well over 100 people signed up to be water baptized that night. This is a huge opportunity. Listen, did you, did you know this? Because Pastor Tony, she, she, one of my staff, Pastor, she told me this week, she, she said, PT, she said, we have people flying in from Ohio. We have people flying in from Chicago. They live there. They're coming to get baptized on Good Friday. And we... We just had our last, our last baptism. We just had a couple fly in from Dallas who lives in Dallas to get baptized. Some of you don't even know what you got in your backyard. You, you don't have to fly. What I'm saying is, have you been baptized? Repent and be baptized. You know, I got baptized twice. I had to make sure I was baptized. Like I got baptized like at six years old. And it's like, do you love Jesus? Yeah, do you believe he's Lord and Savior? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then I live like hell, man. I live like the devil. So when I got really, really, truly saved at seven, so I'm getting baptized again. Some of you need to get baptized again. Some of you are like, well, I was sprinkled when I was a baby. You, you might have been sprinkled, but you don't remember it. That wasn't your decision, your parents' decision. You're not like three weeks old, like, hey, I should get sprinkled. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so holy water and like, no. See, the, 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 the Bible teaches repent and then be baptized. Right? It, it's like sometimes, remember when you were a little kid or you have little kids and you're teaching them to play baseball. And it maybe it's T-ball at first, right? And it's T-ball. And your little four-year-old hits it off the tee. And they run to second base. <laughs> or they run to third base. That's what a lot of people are doing in their spiritual walks. The repent, I hit it. I hit the ball. Be baptized, first base. You know, be baptized. You know, maybe you want to get rebaptized because you were baptized, maybe not even the, being sprinkled as a baby, but you were baptized at 18 or 15 or 12 or 20. But now, now, boy, it means so much more. They got an opportunity to be baptized. Listen, on Good Friday, on the same night that Jesus was buried for you, you can be buried for him. The same night, on the same night. Baptism represents my old man, the old Travis dying to himself, being washed clean by the blood of Jesus and being raised up in new life with Christ. That's what baptism is. Baptism is that I am new again. That all things are made new. And I believe like never before our nation, our world is in desperate need of a revival. But it starts... With us. It starts with repentance. Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14. Look what this says. Maybe you've heard this voice. If my people who are called by my name. Will humble themselves. And pray. And seek my face. And what? 
turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. You know what I've noticed for me, not for you, um, but for my own life. Hey, yo, to all my techie guys in the sound booth, that clock, my preaching clock just has been stuck at 20 minutes for a while. So I might preach another hour. I don't know what's going on with it, but so I have no idea how much time I do have a watch, but I'm not looking at it. So I, what, what I've noticed about my, it's hot on this stage. Can somebody help me? My God, have mercy on me. Don't you say it's freezing. You need to, you need to wear some clothes, girl, a hoodie. No, I didn't mean it. She's wearing clothes. I didn't mean it like that. Jeez, you guys. Your brains out of the gutter. Y'all a mess. That's what I'm trying to say. (laughs) This is a makeshift church. One day we're going to build our church, like our permanent, our church. And and for 12 years, we've been growing so fast. And this, but you're sitting in what used to be a freaking indoor trampoline facility. And it's not like it was designed for a church. As we put the stage up here, all the air conditioning units are already where they already were. But man, when I get my own stage someday, it's going to be like an ice locker. Woo! And then the front rows, you'll be comfortable and you won't gripe and complain like the Israelites every Sunday about how cold it is. It's so cold. <laughs> what was the first word we talked about? Repent. Let's look at number two. Remove. Say it out loud. Remove. It's about to get good. The king, Josiah, ordered Hilkiah, the high priest, the priest next in rank and the doorkeepers, listen, to what? Remove from the temple of the Lord the articles made for Baal and Asherah and all the starry hosts. He burned them outside of he burned them outside of Jerusalem. He burned them down in the fields of Kidron Valley, and he took the ashes to Beth. Somebody say, "Burn them down." Can you imagine for a minute, just with me, the temple? It wasn't that evil and witchcraft had just penetrated the culture. It had also penetrated. The church. It wasn't, listen, just that witchcraft, sexual perversion, idolatry, worshiping false gods had penetrated the culture. It also slithered its way into the church. God's temple had become contaminated and polluted with filth. But King Josiah, he removed the articles of Baal and Ashura and the starry host and he burned them down. Now, let's understand, I can't go in too deep on this, but Baal, Baal was a demonic false god. Not a real god. Something man decided, hey, let's worship this idea. Let's worship this thing, but it's not the real God. 
Baal was a demonic and false god. Listen, and one of the things of Baal was that he was the god of fertility. That people in the temple worshipped. There was so much sexual perversion going on. The, the Ashura, you know what that is? Who knows what that is? That is one person, two people. That's a pole that looks like a male organ. All throughout the temple. You guys seeing how crazy this is? But the thing that's the craziest thing to me about this isn't even in this passage. You know what the craziest thing about all of that that I just told the craziest thing about this, the craziest thing about false gods, idolatry, greed, lust, sexual perversion, Satanism, secularism, entering the temple. The craziest thing to me is what's found in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 and 20. It says, do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you receive from God? You are not your own. You were bought with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Woo! Hey, hey, hey. Woo! It just got seriously real because... What I think is we've got a lot of modern day temples walking around in church who are filled with lust and greed and perversion and idolatry, who are even dabbling in witchcraft and sorcery and palm reading and astrology and, 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 and. I had a thought, you know, cause guys get crucified for like, oh, he shouldn't be looking at me like that. Look at me up and down. Maybe y'all shouldn't be dressing like that. <laughs> I'm not saying he should be looking at you like that. He should not, but I'm also not saying you should be dressed like that. We're kind of in this thing together. I'm supposed to not cause you to stumble. You're supposed to not cause me to stumble. Am I stepping on anybody's freaking toes today? I mean, do you just feel this? Do you just feel this? <laughs> I'm going to have so many enemies after today. But that's okay. It's okay. God wants us to burn it down. To remove anything that is not pleasing to God. It says in James chapter one, so get rid of all the filth and the evil in your lives. Look at it. Humbly accept the word of God. He's planted in your hearts for it has the power to save your souls. Your body, since we know it's the temple of the Holy Spirit, since we know it's where the Holy Spirit dwells, you have to ask this question. You have to. You have to. If you're a child of God, you have to ask this question. Does my body, my temple, honor God? Does my body, my temple, honor God? And that means 
if you're going to ask yourself that question, what does it even mean? It means what you put in your mind, what you put in your ears, what you put in your eyes. (laughs) Hold on, hold on. Man, it's getting hot in here. I have an undershirt. I'm just about to go wife beater on y'all. Just my, my, my wife is like, don't flatter yourself. It's a, it's a, <laughs> that's not a wife beater. That's not even a wife intimidator, buddy. Let me tell you something. Like, <laughs> because hold on, because we say honor, bo- honor God with your body. And there's a lot of us that be like, yeah, she needs to hear that. I'm so glad she's here today. Because, because yo, man, if you see like the way she's dressed and in church, God help her, you know, and it's like, and because <laughs> don't act like y'all don't do this. Y'all do this. Unless you're the person that's dressed like that. But hold on, hold on I, because, because we like to judge others, but we don't like to judge ourselves because it's just easier. It's just, it's just honestly more fun to judge you than to judge myself. Is it not? I mean, it's just more fun. Like, but what's crazy is if, if you judged yourself, like you judged others, the world would be a better place. It's like, you know, you're thinking like, you, you, you're focused on what she's wearing. But look what you eat. <laughs> I told you, I, I, I don't care anymore. It's just. <laughs> but it's the temple is like the, the, the whole idea. Some of y'all think like, oh, PT got a tattoo, the heretic, the prophet, false, talk about a false prophet. <laughs> People don't even know the word. They don't even know what the Bible actually says. I have, it's like, I'm about dead in a hospital bed. My wife's laying next to me and my Yahweh tattoo is showing. I'm literally almost dead. And people are commenting. Well, it's unbiblical to get tattoos. <laughs> and I have to just be a pastor with love. But I want to sit the emoji fingers, you know, like. Why don't you read the word? Because. <laughs> because. Because. You know, they're referring to this scripture in Deuteronomy that's like, you know, don't cut yourself or get tattooed to ink yourself. Go back and read it in context, please. Because we take one verse and we're like, that's what it says. That preacher's going to hell. It's not honoring God. He's not talking about that. <laughs> it's talking about don't cut yourself or ink yourself as a spiritual ritual to the dead of a cult that was going on in those times. Just read the word. I don't have to tell you it's there. It's there. <laughs> anyway, none of this is even in my notes. I'm just, 
raging. The raging reverend. I'm raging. (laughs) Repent, right? Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So we have to ask yourself always, like, is this glorify God? Is what I eat glorify God? This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Is what I'm looking at glorify God? This is the temple of the Holy Spirit. What I'm listening to, does it glorify God? It's the temple of the Holy Spirit. The way I dress, yes, yes. We have to ask ourselves, the way I dress, does it glorify God? Does it bring honor to him, right? Does it bring honor to him? And so the temple is the Holy Spirit. God wants us to remove anything that does not glorify him. And guess what? If we're pursuing Jesus Christ, he will He will remove it for us because the Holy Spirit is working in you. And there's a word in the Bible called sanctification that he will sanctify you. And he starts to clean up you for you because you're growing in Christ. Repent. Forget about it. Move on. Forget about it. Move on. Burn it down. Remove it. Remove it. Repent. Ask God to clean it up and go on. You know this verse, Paul said, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. In other words, I'm not perfect. I'm not there yet. I haven't arrived yet. But one thing I do, I forget what is behind and I strain toward what is ahead. I press towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Forget what, I love that part. Forget what is behind. This is what the sorcerers were doing. I'm forgetting what's, I'm burning this stuff down. I'm putting it on public display. And I am declaring that I am done with my old sinful way of life. I am declaring that I'm done with this stuff. I am forgetting what is behind and I'm straining toward what is ahead. Burn it down. Say it out loud. Burn it down is not just an analogy. It is a war strategy. It is a battle cry. I'm burning down. That's a battle cry on and war on your flesh. Burn it down. I'm declaring war on my sinful nature. Burn it down. I'm declaring war against evil and the devil and the spiritual forces of darkness. Burn it down is declaring war and I'm marching past my deepest fears. Burn it down. I'm marching past my insecurities. Burn it down. I'm marching past my failures. Burn it down. I'm marching past that divorce. Burn it down. I'm marching past that hurt and that pain and that bitterness and that resentment. And I'm not going back. I'm not going back, devil. I'm not going back to that dark place. I'm not going back to that low place. I'm not going back to that guilt and to that shame. I'm not going back to that lust. I'm not going back to my insecurities. I'm not going back to, listen, I'm not going back to that abusive relationship. Why would I go back to that abusive relationship? I'm not, I'm not going back to that man who doesn't love Jesus. Unless you're married to him, you're stuck with him. (laughs) I'm not going back to those influences. Repent, remove, Number three, write this down. Number three, renew, renew. The king stood by the pillar and renewed the covenant 
in the presence of the Lord. To follow the Lord and keep his commands, the statutes and decrees with all his heart and all his soul. Thus confirming the words of the covenant written in this book. I love this. I try to save the best for last. But I love this. He renews his covenant to follow the Lord and keep his commands. Statutes, decrees with all of his heart and soul. Listen, here's the reality. Some of you today need to renew your commitment to Jesus Christ. Some of you today need to renew your covenant to Jesus Christ. You've gotten off track. I have a question. Has anybody in here ever gotten off track in your walk with God? Raise your hand because I certainly have. You've gotten off track, right? You, you, you wander. We tend to wander. It's easy to wander. I, I was looking at this verse in Revelation too. It's kind of frightening. Look at this verse. You have forsaken the love you had at first. Consider how far you've fallen. Repent and do the things you did at first. If you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from his place. Renew your commitment to Christ. The thing I love about our good God is that you're never too far away to come back. The thing that I love about our God is that you're never too lost to be found. I love that you're never too blind for God to remove the scales. I love that you're never too full of sin to be completely washed as the Bible says, white as snow. That's how good our God is. You say, PT, man, if you only knew, man, the stuff I did. If you only knew the stuff I did. <laughs> God is so good. One of the craziest stories in the Old Testament is this. You guys know this story. is David. David. Who slayed the giant. David who wrote a ton of the Psalms. David's like chilling one day, walking along the housetop. I don't know. They must have just, back in the day, their housetop were like their patios, you know. Just walking along and then jumps to the next house and just keep walking along. <laughs> and then the boop jumps in that. And like, all of a sudden he's like, and there's a girl naked taking a bath, you know. <laughs> and he's like, yo. Wow. Guys are crazy, man. Like, dude, go mind your own business. He like, wow. She's hot. And she's naked. <laughs> and so you know the story of the Bible says like, like he had he commits adultery with Bathsheba. He commits adultery. And well, he was in charge of everything. He's in charge of the military. And so you know what David does? This is so messed up. He puts her husband. On the front lines. And he gets killed. So it wasn't just that he committed adultery. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a no-no. 
But he goes, I know how I can cover this up. My God, the lengths we'll go to to cover things up. I know what I can do to cover this up. I'll have her husband put on the front lines of battle. So he dies. It's exactly what happened. Bathsheba was pregnant. So there was not, you had to do something. Like they're having sex. She's pregnant. Her husband's going to come home one day. He's like, I got to get rid of this dude. It's crazy to me because David then marries widowed Bathsheba. They have this baby coming. And you know, the baby died. I don't know if you know that. The baby died because it was God's punishment, not only for the adultery, but for the murdering of Uriah. But then, this is what's crazy. But then, our God is so good that David repents. Do you understand what I'm saying? David repents. In fact, the entire chapter of 51 in Psalms is David's repentance. I want to read you a little bit of it in Psalm 51. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin, create in me a clean heart, oh God, and renew, there it is again, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. You know what the greatest thing about this story is? The greatest thing about this story is First John chapter 1, verse 9. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. The Bible then goes on to tell us that David was a man after God's own heart. Yeah, that man. Because he had a repentive heart. Because he had a repentant heart, God chose to not only restore him and reconcile and forgive him, but but bless him anyway. Bless him anyway. You mean that God would bless me in spite of me? Yeah, I do. And David and Bathsheba had another pregnancy this time. They had a son that we know as King Solomon, who became, not only was he the wisest person to consider have ever lived, he built the first, the first 
temple for God. See, this is the great thing about God is that if you confess, he is faithful and he is just. He will forgive you. He will forgive you. Aren't you grateful for that? He will forgive you. Would, would you bow your heads with me? And would you close your eyes for a minute? To me, this is the most important moment in the whole service. This is where we get down to business with God. So if you can, please stay seated for a minute and eyes closed. And try not to distract your neighbor because their eternal life might depend on this moment. Their peace on earth, their peace on earth, their, their, their hope might depend on this very moment. I believe. I believe. That God. Today. Wants you to know that he loves you so much. That he sent his one and only son Jesus Christ. To be murdered. To pay. The price for the sins of humanity. A price that you and I cannot pay on our own. And I believe that Romans chapter 10 verse 9. If we believe that. If we believe in our hearts. And we confess with our mouths. That Jesus is Lord. Then we will be saved and we will be. In the presence of God for all of eternity. If you're here today and you do not know if you are saved, you do not know if you are going to go to heaven, you do not know where your eternal future lies. And you want to take a step of faith today and say, Jesus, I surrender my life to you. I don't understand it all, but I'm going to take a step of faith. Just like Pastor Travis did way back in 1993. And I'm going to surrender and I'm going to move forward with you and I'm going to burn down my past. If that's you today, you say, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ with your heads bowed and your eyes closed. Well, I invite you to lift up your hand right now. Would you do that? Lift up your hand right now and just keep it up for a minute. Just a minute. Keep it up for just a minute. I'm proud of you guys. I really don't know. There's maybe 200 hands. And I I just want you to know that I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. God's proud of you. This is what it's about right here. If your hand's in the air, I want you to know that When God comes into your heart and the power of the Holy Spirit, you invite him into your life, your life will never be the same. It will never be the same. I want you to know that the Bible says that you become a new creation in Christ, that the old is gone, the new has come. If your hand's up today, 
I also want you to get baptized on Good Friday. Because today you're repenting. Good Friday you're getting baptized. I want all of us as a collective church family and online. If you're watching online, you want to give your life to Jesus. Raise your online hand. I want to give my life to Christ today. I want to, I want to give my life to Jesus. I repent. I confess that Jesus is Lord. But I want us all to pray this. Everybody out loud. Dear Jesus. Today I give you my life. Thank you for giving me yours. I'm grateful. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for paying the price for my sins. Forgive me of my sins. I pray the power of God fills my soul. I pray the presence of God fills my life. Maybe today you, you just need to renew your commitment to Christ. You know, I mean, you, you love God, but you, you, you've wandered been out in the weeds and would you do that right now renew your commitment to Christ Jesus today I renew my commitment to you I renew my walk with you God light this fire in my soul again as Hebrews says God that you're a consuming fire God consume my life Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to celebrate with you and get you more connected. Visit www.impactchurch.com for more information about our church and how you can get plugged in here with us. Be sure to subscribe and share today's message with your friends. Thanks for tuning in, and we can't wait to hear how God has made an impact in your life.